Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. And today I hope people curious about special education hear this. Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope They Hear This podcast. And today I have a guest who has some deep ties to this podcast because two people that you very, you love very much have been on as guests. Um, this is, everyone say hi to Minzu Samunim. Hello everyone. <laughs> and for those of you who are not Korean, Samunim is a title they give to a, the wife of a pastor. And so if you remember back to the episode with Pastor John Kim, this is Pastor John's wife. And also, do, do you know who the second person I'm talking about is? My brother. Yeah, Chuhan. And they're for the familial relationships episode. This is her, his uh, sister. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get too deep into the, the topic at hand, because I think today's topic is very important, and I want to make sure the context of everything we talk about is laid out very well, can you just give us a pre- brief uh, background of who you are and anything you want to explain to the, 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 the listeners? Yes, sure. Um, my name is Min Soo Kim, and thank you, David, for that introduction. Um, I'm the wife to my wonderful husband, John Kim. Um, I'm also a mom to my two energetic and crazy children, Jaina and Judah. I'm also an educator. I have just completed my eighth year of teaching in the field of special ed. Um, I'm passionate about standing up for kids with special needs and understanding and seeing them for the full extent of who God has created them to be. Awesome. So the topic today obviously is about special education. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, is that a politically correct term to use? Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, special education. So you being a special education educator, Mm -hmm. can you explain to us how you came to be that like what motivated you to because i know people go into the education field Mm because they want to teach but special education education is a very specific version of education i feel Mm -hmm. so can you explain to us how you you what what drove you to that yeah so um you know i went to the university of georgia um for my undergrad and um just like any other Asian um, American, you know, my parents uh, pushed me to be a doctor. And so I took numerous science classes and um, realized that it's just not it for me. Like I um, just dreaded going to class and just didn't like anything about like biology and organic chemistry and all of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and so um, but interestingly enough, um, God always has other plans and, you know, his plans are always perfect because, um, third year of college, um, I was actually, um, diagnosed with a really rare case of brain tumor called cavernous angioma. Um, it's a benign tumor that was caused by a pop blood vessel in my cerebellum and the cerebellum in my brain does, uh, it does a lot of things for you. So, um, it's the main powerhouse for controlling all the fine and gross motor skills. Um, so 
you know, fine motor skills are the small micro details of the movement. So um, when the doctor had gone in to remove the tumor from the cerebellum, um, my brain had a reset. And so I had lost all the memory to write, to hold a pencil, the, the fine little like motor things. So eating with chopsticks, using a chopstick to eat, um, balancing on a bicycle, things like that. So um, at the age of 21, I was actually learning how to do this all over again in the ICU. And and so um, this is when God had really given me a special heart and a deep desire to just really feel for these children with um, disabilities. So mm. Um, as I learned more about this um, special education field, I was just blown away by so many different disabilities um, like Down syndrome, autism, just um, developmental delays, um, the deaf, the blind, um, just so many different types. And so um, God just gave me heart to just do one thing, and that's just to love them. And, oh, wow. Yeah. So go, going back a little bit, when you so the tumor was caused by a popped blood vessel, right? Do they yes. know what cause the pop um so that's actually hereditary so oh, wow. um, my grandfather passed away um from a stroke so mm. older people it's it's a stroke mm. but for um for me that was just a single blood vessel that had popped and mm. that was on the cerebellum so that had popped and then it had clotted and then you know that's what they called the benign tumor mm -hmm. so was the tumor the thing that kind of caused the reset or was it the surgery to remove the tumor it was a surgery itself um mm. to remove it so you know obviously they go in and um they use different kind of like tools to remove the benign tumor and mm -hmm. so when they had gone in to kind of touch that part um of the cerebellum was when everything had reset it oh wow yeah so you mentioned learning how to re like write, learning how to hold a pencil, eating with chopsticks. Are there other things that you found difficult to do in everyday life? Um, yeah, I mean, for a while, I think um, just balancing itself, every like even driving, mm. um, turning my head really fast. Um, even to this day, I think I still have those kind of side effects if, mm. you know, my body gets tired or... Um, anything like that mm -hmm. um i don't know if i'm i'm answering your question no, no yeah <laughs> yeah i i remember john hyung actually told me once that he would take you swimming because mm -hmm. you because of your balance issues being right. in the water helped kind of yeah with the rehabilitation right so can i ask you how how long did it take you to recover because I, I know you mentioned to this day you still mm -hmm. have some side effects but i'm um, assuming you recovered you know to be dude. completely honest i don't think my body is um, like 110% back to where it used to be, like mm -hmm. back when I, before the surgery and um, all of this. And, and, you know, I always take it as this is God's reminder to keep me humble, mm -hmm. like at the times where um, I, I, get, I get ahead of myself and mm -hmm. I, you know, forget that it's God who gave me a second chance to, um, to live life to the fullest as God has given me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think it took me about a year, like maybe a year to wow. um, just to get back to normal routine. Um, but yeah. Wow. So it was during that year when you're having to relearn all these basic things mm -hmm. that you started having a heart for people with disabilities that have to live like this every yes. day, right? Yes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Wow. So 
for so during your recovery mm-hmm. you, you felt these things how long did it take you before you went back to UGA to say I want to pursue this as a career I actually went back I think I withdrew I, I did withdraw for one semester and then I went back and started uh, my new major mm-hmm. uh, which was special ed um, I did a combination of um, like a dual major type um, special ed and gen ed mm-hmm. um, and so yeah I, I went straight in and I loved it I oh, loved wow. all the education classes I loved learning about the different um, disabilities that that are out there but also like class management skills and things like that and so yeah I loved it so do you need a specific certificate or like a major to teach special education yeah so once you declare your you know you want to go in the education field it's mm-hmm. very there's a lot of different options for you um, if you want to do you know like the early childhood younger one K through five mm-hmm. um, that's one field and, and then if you want to do say like secondary education six through eight that's middle school oh, okay. and then nine through twelve that's high school and so there's um, different different areas of um, specialization, mm-hmm. yeah. And you've taught at several schools, right? It's not like you've hunkered down in one place. You have experience right. in a lot of different places, yeah. right? And it, am I correct in saying you've, you've taught multiple age groups as well, I did. Right? So um, teaching special ed, um, I taught the younger ones, so threes, fours, and fives. Mm-hmm. And then I also taught ESOL mm-hmm. um, one year, and that was K through five. So mm-hmm. um, I had experience with the older ones, too. So you have a wide-ranging variety of experiences um, in the field. I guess you can say <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> so then I, I want to ask you some tough questions before we get into the more feel-good questions. Okay. So what is the most frustrating thing about teaching special education because I imagine being a teacher in general is Mm -hmm. very frustrating but when you're teaching people with disabilities I'm sure it's not malicious in any way but I'm sure frustration can can happen right um I mean yeah I teaching okay so I love being in the classroom Mm. um I love everything about it I love you know the crafts the singing songs routine um schedule just um, you know, the beginning of the year when you when it's time for you to like buy school supplies, that's my favorite time of the year. That literally <laughs> gives me so much joy and happiness looking around to see like school supplies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just love being in the classroom with students who have so much to offer. And um, it's just an opportunity for me to love on them for six hours five days a week and that's the part of my job that I love Mm -hmm. um you know I could say that the most frustrating part is the restrictions so just Mm -hmm. the restrictions to you know how certain students can obtain um certain help such as you know getting or being able to receive the extra therapies that they need like physical therapy occupational therapy Mm -hmm. or even vision therapy you know um simply because they just can't afford it or because you know there's language barrier for parents to like understand how everything works here, right? In mm-hmm. the education system, um, because you know there's just a lot of paperwork and just a lot of just educating to do to mm. to get and to receive. And so, um, you know, I think the hardest part for me is the paperwork. Um, the paperwork for special education student 
um, does get really overwhelming. And so for each year, um, the team, including the therapist, the teachers, and the parents, um, we write out a new individualized education plan. So it's called an IEP. Um, there's also, you know, about three times a week, at least three times a week, data collection that's taken by um, the teacher and the assistant teacher and then other therapists that work with the student mm-hmm. um, and you know legal documents need to be filled out and you know those kind of things and the paperwork is what takes away time from me being able to you know work with the students mm. you know one-on-one so you know when I'm in these meetings which needs to happen mm-hmm. um, but this is when you know that interaction and in the classroom time gets taken away so you know but and just to explain further about the IEP too, you yeah. know, at, during the school year, like if a parent wants to meet with the team to discuss, you know, their child's progress and goals um, on their goals and objectives um, in the IEP plan, they have the freedom and the right to call a meeting at any point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the pa- parents do that, and if there are any changes to the IEP, um, it's called the amendment and... Um, yeah, so I mean, the paperwork is is I think the hardest part for mm. me. Um, I dread it, but you know, it's something that needs to get done, and yeah. So with the paperwork, what's the, in, not the intention, but what's the purpose? Like, why does the data need to be collected? Um, to show progress. So oh, you okay. know, these goals of. And the objectives, they're constantly being updated. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so, you know, obviously you have to show that the student is either making progress Mm -hmm. and what we're doing in the classroom is working or not working. Right. Mm. And and only the teacher and the assistant teacher sees that. Right. right? right. Because that's we spend the most time with the students in the classroom. And so, um, you know, I guess it is the most logical way to show mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. to parents or, you know, outside people what's working or not working. Right. Um, but honestly, it is, yeah, it does take a lot of time and it, it is pretty overwhelming. So, yeah. And, and in order to record the progress, because I'm assuming that special education mm-hmm. even now is somewhat new, right? Mm-hmm. It, compared to just general education, right. I'm sure there are things people are, learning mm-hmm. and research is finding more like new things every day so I, I i can see the merit of of doing that and recording all these things but yeah it's it seems it seems counterintuitive because right. special education especially these students probably mm-hmm. require the most attention and, and most education from their teachers so. right okay so can i go back a little bit because you mentioned that mm-hmm. one of your frustrations is language barriers mm-hmm. for I'm, I'm assuming immigrant families right where so being korean americans i know you know a lot of korean families probably don't know what to do if their child needs special education mm-hmm. right so how do you deal with people who just send their kids to school but they don't know anything else is there are there ways that you educate the parents or are there programs that you, you guys have for those situations or? Um, I think most of the time, um, you know, when there is something that, um, you know, there's like a behavior or, um, 
you know, say like a sensory issue that a student is dealing with um, that needs to be addressed, mm-hmm. um, you know, the teacher will probably um, talk with the parents and kind of walk them through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, there are different ways to um, go about And I think the first thing you would need to do is um, go talk to your pediatrician Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, teachers are not doctors. Like we can't diagnose anything. Mm. We can't give a diagnosis. But what we do is the after, you know, afterwards, right? Like once you have the diagnosis, um, then you you can there's different ways afterwards to go about you know Mm -hmm. the county provides different options for you to um, receive help Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah I mean there's just so many things out there and I think um, you would just you just need to um, just research and seek it Mm -hmm. and and find out Mm -hmm. just be active Mm -hmm. proactive about it do you know if there are any second language family assistance so families that don't speak english is there any programs out there that they can utilize yeah um i know that um you know i've worked in the gwinnett county public school systems in forsyth county Mm -hmm. and um, they do offer um like a translator for Mm -hmm. these meetings so you know if a parent um, requests one then um, there are different translators that can come Mm -hmm. and help you throughout the entire process Mm -hmm. Okay, then I'm going to piggyback off this to ask you, sorry, it's going to be kind of outer odor from the email that I sent you, but um, when parents find out that their children might need special education, what are some typical reactions that you've observed? Because like you say, you specialize in the younger students, right? right? So have you seen parents kind of realize and learn that their child might need special education? Yeah, so I think because my specific role and um, the nature of my job, you know, it's geared towards the preschool and kindergarten age group. Mm -hmm. um, I am typically the first person to kind of walk through and break it to the parents. So, uh, you know, there are various processes that you have to go through to, you know, get the specific diagnosis or disability Mm -hmm. um, on the county school school county level so um, after many evaluations um, my job is to write up the education plan and work with the speech therapist the occupational therapist and you know anybody who's needed um, mm-hmm. for that student um, to create the most effective education plan for the particular student and his or her um, disability right mm-hmm. so this is where it gets really hard because you know I have to break it to the parents and it's usually not easy mm-hmm. um, and I think as parents, you know, as a parent, um, I have two little ones. Um, I, you know, I feel for them and yeah. I, I um, just, I understand just how hard it is because I think, you know, even just parenting itself is really hard. And mm-hmm. David, I'm sure, you know, you're in the beginning process <laughs> of it. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, just... Being able to celebrate the small and the big victories with them, um, that's that's just been so rewarding for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And and um, but what I find the most grateful about it is that the parents are just so trusting of us, mm-hmm. um, teachers and therapists who love and educate their ch- children, and um, that that humbles me. Okay. So. so would you say the reaction is typically sadness at first, but 
hopeful or sadness at first yes Mm -hmm. um but just very determined to you know work with us Mm -hmm. to provide the best for their child Mm -hmm. so i've always wondered this because Mm -hmm. I, i know every disability is different i know every person is different but what is really the end goal of special education because because I don't really know anything about it, I would assume it's to give them some sort of ability to function by themselves, however limited that may be. But is that what the goal of special education is, or does it does it go deeper than that? Um, you know, I would say that um, you know, for me to in my specialization, mm-hmm. um, it's it's all about early intervention. So starting out kids young and mm. starting at the age of three, so that as they get into kindergarten and first grade, they um, hopefully they can mainstream into the classroom, into the general mm. classrooms that mm-hmm. have you know twenty two, twenty three, twenty four children with one teacher. Um, and we want to, yes, independence is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to be able to ultimately um, provide the the best way mm-hmm. um, that each student can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with, with students with different needs, um, that's the challenge. But that's the beauty of it is that, you know, we're able to, by working with them and giving them that individualized attention, Um, we learn the different ways to, um, on what works the best for them. Mm. Okay. So to anyone listening, if, if there was a listener out there who recently found that their child needed special education, Mm -hmm. what would you say to them? Is there any words of encouragement or advice that you can give to them? You didn't ask me. I did. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yes. Um, You know, you are your child's biggest advocate and um, just be open. Um, You need to team up with your child's teachers and anyone who is working with your child to provide the best learning environment and opportunity. Um, Believe that. Uh, Be patient. Be open. Be willing to learn about what's out there. Um, And oftentimes just, you know, I always believe that there is always a way and Mm. you have to be willing to learn about the different ways. Um, So don't be closed off and um, just you need to find what is best for your child Mm. um, because everyone is different and every child is different. Um, Trust God to open doors um, and be your child's biggest cheerleader. Um, That's, you know, I would say that to you. Mm. I like that. So very encouraging to give them hope that because i think one thing that i've seen in the past especially with korean parents Mm -hmm. for them their only hope is i want my child to be normal right and if that's the only hope that they have oftentimes that's not achievable right Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think just being an advocate, being a cheerleader, that's great. I like that. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. Um, so we, we talked a lot about what do you do when you learn that your child is has special education needs. And 
some of the frustration that you go through being a special education teacher. But, well, I, I want to ask you one more time because mm-hmm. the quest- the answer you gave was very noble. Yeah. It's very awesome. And you are a very awesome person. So The frustrating part? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I, mm-hmm. I believe it. But are, are, are there no other frustrations at all? Frustrations. I mean, you like, know. Do you ever have a day where you come home and you say, man, I just wish this particular student made more progress today or that this particular student's behavior issue wasn't so bad today? Anything like that? Um, you know, I think when your students are... Okay, let me rephrase that. Okay. We all have really bad days, right? Mm-hmm. We all have good days. We have bad days. And... Um, it's extra hard when you're three and four and five and you can't like communicate and verbalize, you know, what it is that you want and mm. what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, I mean, to answer your question, yes, it's hard, like physically hard because, mm-hmm. you know, I have, you know, climbers and I have kids who will run out the door and mm-hmm. and, and I have to chase them down the hallway mm-hmm. that are physically violent. And yes, I'm physically drained at the end of the day. But um, for me, I don't think that's the most frustrating part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more than anything, I would say that I get more frustrated because I can't um, provide more, maybe like mm-hmm. if. Um, if a student needs something and I can't provide that, mm. um, that's the frustrating part, but not not the students themselves, mm. you know? And right, so, right. yeah, I mean. Oh, that's awesome. I was trying to get you to say <laughs> that. No, no, but that's, that's great. I believe it because you are, yeah, you are that type of person. You are an awesome person. Yeah. Um, so with, with that then, because I'm sure along with frustrations, there are a lot of rewarding experiences as well. So, what is the most rewarding thing about being a special education teacher, educator? Um, I would say the small accomplishments, um, mm. the little things. You know, um, this past year I had um, a student who uh, was blind. He was legally blind. Mm-hmm. Um, he also had Down syndrome. But um, he, you know, by the end of the year, he was able to maneuver his way and find everything in the classroom. So he oh, was wow. like able to just manage and walk around. I mean, and if you can imagine, like he's blind, so he mm. doesn't see anything, right? Mm. But he learned so quickly within like several weeks just how, where everything was. And mm-hmm. with, he's, he wasn't bumping into things anymore and falling on the floor. And, you know, that... And I would say the small and the big accomplishments of every single one of my students. Mm-hmm. And um, But aside from the cognitive development, um, when you have established a relational connection to the families, mm-hmm. um, that's just, you know, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love being able to get to know the families um, and, you know, learning about the different cultures and um, just what they believe in and what's important to them. And um, I mean, I still keep in touch with many of the students that I have taught since my first year. And I just love seeing how far they've come. And it just means the world to me. Hmm. And I know you, so, sorry, this might be a little bit backtracking, but mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that it's important to identify 
special needs, special education needs early mm -hmm. on, right? Mm -hmm. So for your student that you were talking about who was blind, mm -hmm. was it important that he was in your program that early? Like, what if he were not and he just grew up not getting that kind of therapy and education? Do you think it's possible that he would have spent the rest of his life just blind and unable to navigate as well as he does now? Yes. Mm. So, you know, he started with me right the day he turned three years old. So mm -hmm. he was um, two and a half when his mom came to meet with me and we had his IEP meeting. And then the day that he turned three, mom sent him mm. to school. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie, his first day of school was a complete mess. Um, he was a terror. Like mm. he literally tore everything down in my classroom, all the posters. I mean, all the toys were flying everywhere. And he's a boy. He's mm -hmm. active, yeah. but he also has Down syndrome and he can't see. So so I think part of it was that he was learning um, his way around the classroom. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, thinking about it now, um, at the end of the year, he has grown so much. Mm. And, you know, like I said, he was able to literally find everything in the classroom and which center is where. And, you know, circle time, being able to sit down on a chair in his cubicle chair, like little things like that, mm -hmm. you know, that's. Yes, early intervention is so necessary. Mm. Yes. I, was, I actually didn't know that at mm -hmm. all. And as a new parent, that's mm -hmm. good to know. Mm -hmm. Because with it, so when I see my daughter Aisley, mm -hmm. when we first brought her home, she was just, she's like a doll, right? right. She doesn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. But every time I see her do something new, mm -hmm. I get so happy. It's like, beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I can only imagine for people with children who have disabilities, mm -hmm feeling that kind of despair to begin with, right. but then seeing progress and, and mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. I can only imagine how, yeah. how joyful the that would be. The small victories. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So uh, getting away from the, just the par parental reactions and things like that, when we look at society as a whole, I think not so much anymore, but there definitely was stigma around special education mm -hmm. and i would say even in the korean american maybe even the asian american culture mm -hmm. even now special education is very stigmatized mm -hmm. right so is there if you could talk to all of society mm -hmm. about special education what what are some things that you would tell them to destigmatize this you know even today um this is your 2019 um, but special education is so unfamiliar and it remains unfamiliar to many people. Mm -hmm. um, some of the people that I think of with special needs is, you know, we all know Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, you know, these two, they had autism. Um, mm. You know, Beethoven, he was deaf, but he was one of the greatest pianists that ever lived, mm -hmm. right? People are just afraid and people are uncomfortable and anxious when, you know, encountering people with disabilities. And, you know, I wish I can tell every single person that, you know, just like each and every one of you and us, um, they have feelings, they have dreams, they're made up of God's special touch mm. and DNA, um, just like you. And so, you know, children with special needs, they require just a little more attention, a little more love, just a little more understanding, just a little bit more, right? Mm. And so I think just having the time to understand one another um, is what we all need. And, um, you know, I always say this, but we're just all broken people living under God's grace. And, mm. um, 
yeah that's the kind of the beauty of it all isn't it yeah so, yeah yeah so even with disabilities there are people who go on to do really amazing great things mm -hmm. and i think of it like going to the doctor when you feel sick you're almost in denial and you don't want to go to the doctor who's going to confirm that you're sick mm -hmm. so you hold off as long as you can right. but that actually makes you worse mm -hmm. and so i think it's really important that please tell my husband that <laughs> does he not go to the hospital no he does not like going <laughs> john young if you're listening please go to the hospital love you hubby <laughs> so yeah i think it's really important that we all understand early intervention very very important well, i think as a society we need to come around these people we yeah. need to help them and we need to destigmatize it so that parents don't feel like they can't uh, completely give their child to mm -hmm. special education mm -hmm. I, I think that's what's the biggest thing about the korean american yeah. uh, mm -hmm. gender culture yeah. right the community the korean american community yeah they just they don't want to admit that their child has a disability because mm -hmm. they're already so competitive mm -hmm. you know like us growing up i'm sure you got compared to your friends a lot oh they went to harbor or princeton mm -hmm. or whatever but yeah, I think you're, it's detrimental to the growth of your child mm -hmm. if you are in denial. Yeah. So, yeah. If you are listening, please, please, as a society, as a, as a community, let's celebrate these people. Let's mm -hmm. celebrate people who might need special education. And, yeah, we, we should champion them. Mm -hmm. And for people like you, Minza Samunim, who are special education educators i think we need to champion you too i think there aren't many people who seek out special education so the fact that you're passionate about it and the fact that you find such joy in it i think is is great for those people out there who have that same kind of gifting mm. and joy what is some advice that you could give them first of all just kind of half a joke half half serious mm -hmm. but you're guaranteed a job if you if you major in special <laughs> education because there's such a turn, high turnover rate mm -hmm. um, in the field of special ed and you know it's not easy mm -hmm. uh, being a teacher overall is not easy yeah. you know we don't we don't work to make money honestly um, yes we might work for the summers off but um, <laughs> you know I would just all joking aside though I would say that um, yes and I just your jewel for wanting to pursue a career in special education that you are needed um, these children um, need you um, and you're a gift and i just commend you and honor you for having a heart um, for students with special needs um, and you know i want to encourage you um, that as you, you know, pursue a career in education, yes, there are challenging moments. I think that's in all careers, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. not just being an educator. Um, but it's a really special field to be in um, because you are just, you are touching and making an imprint on the lives and the hearts of many little hearts mm. and families. And that's so rewarding mm. to me and um you will always be a hero to every single one of your little students and so um yes go for it mm. yes 
the job security thing is actually really awesome. It is. Yeah. It, I mean, job security for real. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, we obviously don't want people to do it just for the job、right. security, but because I, I, I think people need, not, every, not anyone can do it. I honestly don't think I could do this. Like, I don't have that gift. <laughs> I feel like I'm not equipped to be that. Like, I'm not really a compassionate person to begin with in general. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> but yeah, so we're not encouraging people who just want job security to well, do that. Well, we need this, engineers too, though. <laughs> we need smart people like you to run the world. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, the, if you guys are really considering、mm-hmm. special education as a career, you can contact us. You can contact me at my email. ihthtpodcast at gmail.com. And any sort of questions, any sort of concerns, anything at all, we will, I'll, I'll make sure that Minsu Samonin gets it.、Yes. And she will respond and she will encourage you. Hey, Jura. Jura, do you want to come say hi? No? He's walking <laughs> away. This Minsu Samonin's a second <laughs> child. He, he was here. Okay. Yeah. So we will, yeah. Any way that we can encourage you, any way that we can help you、yes. um, becoming a special education educator, we are more than happy to help. Well, not, I keep saying we, but it's really you. <laughs> I can't <laughs> <is> really. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, please, please feel free to, to do that. And yeah, anything else you want to add? No,、uh, thank you so much for allowing me to speak on your podcast. Yeah, I'm no, honored. No, no, I'm, I really wanted this conversation because you are. I think you're pretty unique in your demographic and in the career path that you have.、Mm-hmm. I personally don't know any other、um, special education people. And so the, the, the fact that you came on is, is awesome.、Mm-hmm. And this is a conversation that I think really needed to happen because it is important, especially for the Asian American immigrant, really,、mm-hmm. community,、um, so that the parents know that they can. Go to certain programs、right. if they feel like their child might need special education. The、mm-hmm. fact that the earlier they do it, the better. Better, yep. And then the fact that,、um, yeah, there are people like you out there、mm-hmm. willing to work with your children、mm-hmm. and things like that. That's honestly, this is all new to me.、Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have known if,、right. if you weren't around to tell me. <laughs> so,、uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for being you. here. Yeah, and、uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope it was. Insightful, educational, and again, any sort of feedback, questions, anything like that, please email me at, at ihtht. That's I hope they hear this abbreviated podcast at gmail.com. Any message I will relate to Minsu Samonim. If you want to contact her personally, email me and I'll give you her contact information so that you can reach out personally if you would rather do that. So, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Right, bye. Bye.